Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I don't want to toot our own horn, but the show Pete and I do for me and Pete in the break is probably better than this show, but it's really, <laughs> really deep inside jokes for me and Pete, so probably only me and Pete and, like, four other people would enjoy it. Probably a little inappropriate. But if the cameras are rolling all the time, you just watch me talking in the intercom and laughing back and forth with Pete the entire time we're not on the air. But here we are on the air. It's hour two on a Wednesday morning. Radio. It, it's Bogish Bilotti. We got a botcher. We got a boil. We've got you at 855 212 or CBS 855-212-4227. This hour, the show is sponsored by the United States Postal Service, introducing USPS Ground Advantage, reliable and affordable two- to five-day package shipping to the United States Postal Service. Coming up this hour, it was already mentioned in Boyle's first update, but more on Jonathan Taylor leaving Colt Camp. Stunned to a news this hour and Champ and Chump, your Wednesday staple, coming up here in hour number two. Later on in the show, we will uh, go through the first episode of Hard Knocks Jets training camp last night. The Athletics' Richard Deitch will join us, as will USA Today baseball expert Bob Nightingale. But here we go to begin hour number two, the latest spin of the college realignment wheel of fortune. It's another day of rumors, whether the, uh, the ACC wants Cal and Stanford and maybe SMU. Now, I get SMU and Southern Miss confused often. I believe SMU is Southern Methodist University. I think those are the Mustangs. Here's me again, Colin Cowherding a little bit, but I'm not presenting it as fact. I'm presenting as me being a dummy. They're in Dallas. They're a small private school, but they have a lot of cash behind them. They've got the Dallas market behind them. And they've got suitors. Maybe they go east to go to the ACC. Maybe they go west to join one of whatever the new Mountain West Pac-12 conglomerate could be, might be, whatever. But we now live in a world, as we continue to move around and reshape leagues and defy geography and logic and whatever, that SMU is as popular as anybody in the college sports landscape at the moment. The problem from the ACC perspective, at least when it comes to the Pac-12 schools, is that Stanford and Cal don't bring much to the table financially. They don't bring money in with them. In fact, they take money out of the mix, which is a problem in particular for the ACC because of FSU and others complaining about the lack of money already there. So nobody wants to give up more money. In fact, that's basically a prerequisite to all of this is that adding schools can't decrease the budget. The added problem is if you were to add a school like Stanford and Cal – without 
necessarily decreasing any annual payout for the current ACC members. At the very least, those ACC members would have to spend more money on, say, travel budgets to go to California for all of those Olympic sport events, not just basketball and football. So now the $39 million they're getting annually that Florida State already thinks is not enough actually loses value because they're paying X amount of more dollars to travel their teams across country to play games in California. Now, SMU factors in because being private, because they have a very rich donor base, apparently SMU, as it pitches itself to other leagues, is going, we're okay if you don't give us money. We're fine for a couple of years. We can last a couple of years without any influx. So we can get down the road a little bit before we figure out how we factor into your payout. Now, that's a very nice offer. It's a very smart play if you're trying to find yourself a new lover, basically, in the college sports landscape is go, you know, I'm free. I, I'm just gonna, we're just going to bring ourselves, our donors, our backing, our sports teams, we're going to show up. So SMU's got love from the ACC. The AAC doesn't want to lose them. And then there's also the idea of what might happen outside in the West, outside those two other leagues, because we've got the Mountain West and we've got the Pac-12. Should they come together? Should they form a completely new thing, which apparently was the suggestion of San Diego State's president. Now, San Diego State's got a place in our heart. Their AD was in the chair to my right a few weeks ago with Sean and myself talking about where they were going to go. They seem to have a lot of leverage, a lot of power to kind of call their own shot. They were almost in the Pac-12, but now there's basically no Pac-12 to go to. So the Aztecs' plan B was, hey, why don't we make a new league? It'll be us. It'll be the other good schools in the Mountain West. It can be U2 or U4 remaining Pac-12 schools. We can pull some big AAC schools out like SMU, make a new league. But apparently the other Mountain West schools on Monday night said, uh, yeah, that's not going to work either. We're going to stick together because they do have some leverage in here. But again, they would need to figure out if they're going to absorb some portion of the Pac-12, how to do that while sustaining the built-in benefits of being the Pac-12 and now the Mountain West, which would be an automatic seat in the college football playoff, different uh, power seats in terms of guidance and rulemaking, other forms of payout that come your way as the Pac-12 that the Mountain West doesn't get, which now takes us to, if you're following along, I appreciate your, your effort here, it's a lot, which brings us back to the SEC, who has said we're good for now. Nothing. There's no school out there that bringing into our mix adds anything to us. But what they did say yesterday through Greg Sankey, their commissioner, is that if things go the way they seem to be going, which is no more Pac-12, we need to rethink college football playoff expansion. Not expanding in general, not changing the number from 12, but changing how we get to 12, because right now the Pac-12 is one of those automatic winner automatic spot in the top five in the CFP. But if there is no Pac-12, what do we do now at that free spot? And the SEC would prefer that free spot be an at-large bid, which would likely mean a really good chance of another SEC school getting into those 12. And that is, SEC bias aside, that is a discussion that has to be had since the Pac-12 seems to be dying this slow death by a 1,000 exits. Because once they're gone, we do have to reconfigure something. 
So all of that is now on the table. The ACC is at least open-minded about adding teams from the West Coast, which will never make sense. SMU's got a lot of love. San Diego State swung through the fences and missed. And the SEC leading the charge to at least reconfigure, reset the rules on the CFP when we get expansion next year. I say all of that to say this. And I said it very briefly in a CBS Sports Minute yesterday. If you didn't hear that, I know this is nearly impossible. I know there are contracts. I know there are lawyers. I know there are promises. I know there are commitments. I don't specifically know what the solution could be. I can't tell you what would work, but I can, I feel like, safely assume that enough people would want to do this that in some form or fashion they could figure out all of the legal ease, the contracts, the ties, all could be untied and unfit and, and unagreed upon and then agree upon a new thing where we just get college football by itself. It's probably too late for this. It's a too, te- too much of a web to untangle, but that's what needs to happen at some point. We just need to have college football be college football on its own. Outside the NCAA, if you need to keep some traditional conference names just for you know tradition's sake, okay, fine. But Let's get to a world where we have 48, 64 teams, whatever the number is, split them up evenly, geographically. Again, it's going to look, it should look like the NFL. There can be a Big Ten North, a Big Ten South, a Pac-12 North, Pac-12 South, whatever this, East, West, however you want to break it up into groups of four, six, eight, whatever. Let's just get there and leave everybody else, even basketball, alone. Because that's just the way it should be. College football is, and football in general is just out of control. We love it too much. We spend so much money on it. it this is why I can call, call all of these shots and why we can't stop it, why we can't slow it down, why we're okay with basically putting two of the most significant athletic departments from top to bottom on life support in Stanford and Cal. We're okay with all of that because we've got to scratch the football itch. So why don't we just go all the way now instead of doing this again in a couple of years when somebody else's TV deal expires and I want a new member or maybe we need more firepower, whatever it is, let's just get to the end game of football being its own thing. And then we can go back to everybody else being in the lead. They should be in based on geography. If you're on the West Coast and you're big time, you can go back to being in the Pac-12. The ACC can stay along the Eastern Seaboard. UConn basketball can keep playing Big East basketball and we can, everybody can just be happy. In that scenario, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Football can go off the rails completely, and there can be no rules. There can be billions of dollars. We can pay players like they're NFL players. Whatever you want, set it aside. Make it its own thing. And then the rest of us can be excited for all the other traditions. We can boils, anti-rivalry, takedown on Monday, be damned. We can go back to playing Oregon, Oregon State basketball at least. At least give me that. Give me Washington, Washington State basketball as well. Give me teams not spending too many hours in airports and on airplanes, crisscrossing the country to play conference games for no reason. Let them stay in the West or the Southeast or the North, wherever it may be. Let them stay there, keep those traditions, and let football be and stop helping all of those teams. I, I know that they do that with that money, but also they screw a lot of them too because – they're making everybody underneath them pay a steeper price for all of this realignment. And at some point, we've got to flip in the other direction and just go, listen, okay, enough's enough. 
just put football over here. I don't know how we get there. And I know that every TV contract involves everybody. It's led by football. It's about football. You pay to have football, but you're also signing up to take gymnastics and basketball and baseball and whatever. Those are all intertwined. But there's a lot of smarter people out there than me that can figure all that out in a different way and make contracts that just go about it differently where you still get all the content that you need and you can pay for football whatever you want to, but the other sports are free to live in the correct world for them, not having to play across three time zones within their league, which is just never going to make sense, and it's some completely, completely unfair to them. Again, Boyle, I don't know how we get there, but I wish we could be there by tomorrow because that, to me, is at least the way that most people can be happy with this situation. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just going to take time. <laughs> that, that's, that's really... I, see, I just... don't know. Is it, though? Like, are we... Is there enough? Is there a way we actually get to there? Or are we going to cling to every sport's got to be connected and we still have to have the SEC and the Big Ten and we can't break into divisions, stuff like that? Like, at some point, would there be pushback? Or do you really think that it's an inevitable thing? I think it's inevitable. I think it's inevitable just as this entire realignment chaos was inevitable. It's always about the money. M-O-N-E-Y. Always about the money. Um, It's never going to be anything about never going to be about anything but the money so wherever the money goes that's where conference realignment go that's where it'll go across all sports i don't ever envision a where you're going to have a team be a part of the sec for football or the big 10 for football and the pac-12 for their other sports or anything like that it's it's unilateral and it's inevitable yeah but i mean like that's that's what i what i don't want i want football to break away oh, well, i know I, what you I want. want football to get out of here i know what you In would a good like way. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I want. That's what, I, that's what I'm wondering how we can get there, but if we can get there, whether get it's tomorrow out. or three years from now. There's too, get them out. There's too much money that comes from the football TV rights for that specific conference that a, a, a school can – I, I don't ever see it being efficient or logistical to – logical? Is logistical a word? Uh, both. Logistical is a word, right? Yeah. I don't ever see it being logistical for a team to say, all right, we're going to take all these millions of dollars we're getting from the football team and the SEC, or, you know, for, let's say, Oregon's case, from the Big Ten and the Big Ten football deals. We're not going to take that and then a lot millions of dollars towards our basketball team, which now still plays in the Pac-12. That, that It's never going to work. But football is paying for all those other sports already. So it does, why does it matter where that football money is coming from? If it's coming from a different contract that's specifically to football, but then allows them to redistribute it back in everybody else, no matter where those other teams are, because there are teams now, there are plenty of schools that do have some sports in other leagues. It's not a lot. And some of it's like a, you know, a newer sport or a fringe sport in terms of it's not played across the entire country. Sometimes it's hockey. Sometimes it's lacrosse that are in. So like, those those teams already get Big Ten money, even though they might play ACC lacrosse or a different hockey league. So, I mean, it, it already kind of happens. I just want it to happen now more regularly across the board. I, just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you are shouting into the void here, Bogues. No, you suck then. <laughs> I suck. I suck because I'm a realist. Well, I mean, this is our second fight in two days of you being here. You were very wrong about Anjoni on Monday. Was I? But, yeah. Anjoni's a sweet lady, and rivalries are good, and rivalries exist, and people care about them. People care about tradition. That's what rivalry rivalries. is. 
They care about rivalries. Not again. I disagree. I totally disagree. I'm going to disagree. Well, I think you think those words are more different than they are. I mean, I don't, I don't, you're separating them in a way that I don't think you can separate them. Yeah, like it's a tradition for those two schools to play because they're rivals. Sometimes one rival gets the upper hand more than the other one, but that doesn't mean that there's less hate and less family divide and less excitement about the matchups. I'm not saying, look, again. And now I'm, you're crushing my dreams of a, of a football forward world where everybody else can just stay back and yeah. enjoy the football money while playing teams they should be playing. Yeah, thanks, Pat. You guys are welcome. Killjoy. Grinch. Patty Downroll. Here I am. I'm the Grinch. I'm ready to ruin all your dreams and childhood memories. Your shirt. If you didn't have a chump for today, (laughs) here you go. (laughs) Your shirt is impressive. Thank you. I told uh, Crystal Presti down the hall I am on island time. Still. Well, is it a post-vacation thing or just a general life just decision? Just a general life decision. Okay. I'm always on island time from now on, Bogues. I'm not going to get angry about things. I'm, yeah? Yeah. And Joni, she got me steamed up the other day, but I'm on I'm on island time. I'm a cool guy now. I'm a chill guy. So how long was that angry. last? So not, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern? I mean, <laughs> and Joni was the last thing you're going to yell about? Is that what you just declared? That was it? Maybe. Maybe while I'm in the update chair, if I'm back, if I'm hosting or... Producing, maybe it's a different story. Oh, this feels like an embargo. Like you're embargoing the yelling until the yelling brings in diaper money. Well, Pat, what do you think about the Civil War? <laughs> with, with the one in the 1860s or the Oregon, stupid Oregon laughable name for a rivalry that nobody cares about? The real rivalry. Sorry, yeah. Oregon. Now I'm on island time. It's all right. You want to have your rivalries? That's cool. Now, is there a formula to the in, to the number of buttons you have unbuttoned on that shirt? Or is there a, a geographical I, I mark to, on your I chest? To, I try to tiptoe the line of what is acceptable. And I think you're right at that line, correct, Pete? I mean, one more button would be unacceptable. <laughs> this one is barely acceptable. <laughs> he, always, he always has one thing every day. Honestly, the thought process was <laughs> if I undo this next button when you're I basically see our naked. boss today, later this morning, is he going to say something about it? Now He's going to call you a beta loser. <laughs> a beta why would it be called a beta for Whatever sure? Popping the chest, letting you the chest pop. Beta. Beta. You come off as a loser. Mm-hmm. Now, most bosses, I think, would say something about too much chest being shown. But our boss comes to work in gym clothes. And then changes into, I think he borrows it out of Botcher's closet. Yeah, and there was, there was a time where he had a shoe company logo all over his jeans, and including one that went right across his crotch. I don't know that he cares necessarily about what this. If you're going to ever unbutton one more button, this is the boss to do it in front of. Okay. Yeah, don't do that in front of the ex-boss. No. Or don't go up to 11 dressed like that. But down here on 10, inside these glass doors, in our little corner of this floor, I think you can go one more button. And you just did. I just did. Great. Party. It's a party now. Shoes are off. Mm. It's a pina colada Wednesday. How about I take it down another button, baby girl? Wow. Nice. Watch DA.com numbers. YouTube numbers are going to peak right now. Nice. Dipping. Nice and slow. Roxy in San Diego just passed out. Boys Pork just passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Moist Pork just threw his iPad in the river. However, he's watching, just got tossed out the window. I go Shlomo's Expo hat. <laughs> it's down over his eyes. <laughs> Tell me when it's over. <laughs> Cover your eyes, Slomo. Put it on. Put it on. <laughs>
Is his chest still out? But this is how I felt yesterday with David Wright. Still beaming about David Wright hanging out with us yesterday. Oh, Oil. yeah. How Oil much missed that? How much of a treat was that for you? I mean, you must have, you know what? And you're, you know what? No, I didn't, I didn't, you know that. But I will say he's not here you know yet. Who? He's not here yet today. So today's really the litmus test. If he comes back just to chill today, like he said he might, then we know we're in. But Wait, if, he said he was going to come back? Well, I said, are you here to interview for our producer job? And he said, actually, why don't we just, can I just come back to hang out? And I said, of course, here's my ID. So, and I know he's still in town because the event he was here for is tomorrow. And I heard them mention on the Met broadcast last night that he's going to be on with them tonight. So I know he's still here, staying in Manhattan. I know he's got nothing to do this early in the morning. If he just trolls, you know, walks in here one more time and sits down, away we go. He's coming back for a second interview for the, uh, the DA uh, producer position. Is he really? Yes. yes. This would be the one he goes tucks for, I would say. That's right. At least you guys know you can get unlimited baseball guests if he is the producer. You would that's think right. that, right? On national radio, that's definitely a lot of folks looking for be- uh, more baseball guests. But the disappointment of David Wright booking you to not talk to David Wright on the radio would be interesting for people. <laughs> okay, what's happening on with you, David? No, 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 no. I'm just the producer. What do you think, David? <laughs> You'll be talking to Damon Amendolara. <laughs> I'm sorry? What do you think David Wright would think about the, uh, the button I just undid? So he's too nice to say anything. I don't know what he would say when he went home to talk to his wife or his buddies, but here he would tell you that you look handsome. I'd, look him, home I'd look him straight in the eye and say, hey, David, is this right or is this wrong? Get it? David, no, no. David, right? Yeah, no, no. We, I got it. Just holding That's for not it. funny. That's, holding for that. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I think I have a segue off of this, but never mind. Football's next on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. New uh, ways of income. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Just about halfway through hour two of our four on this Wednesday morning here on the DA Show. The namesake once again filling in for Jim Rome today. You can listen. You can watch that starting at noon Eastern. On CBS Sports Radio, on CBS Sports Network, he had a great chat with Michael Orr yesterday. I think he was interviewed for almost an hour. Dan Amendolara. Talking about his amazing story, the blind side into the NFL. Uh, That lives in all the usual podcast places and online. Same is true for this show. It's also a PGP taping day. The body and myself will sit down after the show. Still debating... Whether or not we spend 10 minutes on side B getting to know Ryan Botcher more than we already do. Oh, we should. That'd be great. All right. It's a live programming decision. We assume Ryan's got the time for that. We know Pete likes it because that means less Pete talking time. Exactly. Get him out of the room. Get him out of the building sooner than he thought. That's why Pete's signing up for that. Either way, some version of us on the PGP comes your way later this morning. On the show later this morning... The Athletics' Richard Deitch, a potpourri of topics with him. USA Today baseball writer Bob Nightingale's on the show as well. We got our first look at Hard Knocks last night. And we have uh, a newish development on the sad story from the University of Georgia, the football program. It has been going on now seven months since we lost a player and a staff member in that horrible car crash in January Uh, And the school made a questionable decision yesterday about one of the surviving uh, people from that car crash. We'll get to that to open up our next hour, Champ and Chump, this hour to close things out. But right now, though, 
We're back in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor still does not have any kind of new contract. His trade request continues to be denied strongly by owner Jim Mercer. And then yesterday we were told that Jonathan Taylor was not at Colts practice. The Colts officially would only say he was getting rehab on his ankle, on which he had off-season surgery. But then we were told through reports that Taylor is actually away from the team, expected to be away for multiple days. It's an excused absence to get treatment for that ankle off-site. But certainly feels connected to what's going on with his contract and the stalemate there and all the silly things that Jim Ursay has said. And that is the problem right now. We can figure out Jonathan Taylor's financial situation at some point. He's trying to do it now. Unfortunately for him, the way things are going, there is no major windfall of cash coming anytime soon. It's just it's just not in the cards. There's just no way to get it done just yet. Saquon Barkley maybe could have fought a good fight, but chose to go to camp with the Giants on time. Josh Jacobs is still out with the Raiders. We're told the Raiders want to talk to him, want to restart negotiations, but as far as we know, that hasn't happened. Certainly not showing any signs of improvement there and the ability to get anything done. So everybody, as we well know, is just basically screwed right now in terms of getting paid long-term big money if you're a running back. So there is no immediate win here for Jonathan Taylor. The immediate loss, though, is real because the Colts are not a great football team. Anthony Richardson might be a good NFL quarterback, but he probably isn't going to be one from day one. He, the team, they need Jonathan Taylor. If Jim Mercer is not going to trade Jonathan Taylor, and that's everything he has told us so far in very, very strong terms, that's fine. They're not going to pay him long term. That's fine, too. We'll do that after this season when we get to franchise tags and whatnot, or maybe we revisit a trade for Jonathan Taylor, whatever it may look like. We can do that then. For now, it's about the team making Jonathan Taylor think that he's happy with the situation. At least mending a fence, getting him back into camp, getting him healthy, but getting them in some sort of agreement, some kind of, of, of unity here to go play football games and be ready for week one. Because the good news for the Colts is, while they're not a great football team, they're also in not one of the lead, the, the toughest divisions in football. The AFC South is them, the Jags, the Texans, and the Titans. Now, the Texans seem to be out of the mix. They're in the middle of a complete rebuild, new head coach, new quarterback. They're a non-entity right now, you'd think, when it comes to playoff conversations. The Titans, the Jaguars, and the Colts, well, the Titans and the Jaguars certainly are, depending on how much you believe in them, changes that conversation. And then right below them is an Indianapolis team that's still got some individual talent, but only won a handful of games last year. Um, and continues to be embarrassed at times by um, their talkative owner. They need Jonathan Taylor. They need the football player that is Jonathan Taylor, and they need him to be healthy and be destructive like he was two years ago when nobody could stop him, and he was racking up yards and touchdowns. They need something like that to be the best possible scenario, best possible version of the Colts this year. And everything they're doing seems to prevent that. And in particular, it's their owner running his mouth and saying ridiculous things, making ridiculous comparisons, trying to explain away why they can't pay Jonathan Taylor now or ever, basically, talking about, you know, the league would go on if we both disappeared. Well, of course it would. Because the NFL, there isn't a person whose untimely death would end the NFL. 
So Jim Mercer keeps saying pointless things, unimportant things, inane things, and making a situation that has to be fixed worse. So now it's up to him and his GM and the head coach to figure this out and to get it fixed to the point that Jonathan Taylor can come back to the team, can get himself healthy, and can get himself to be peak Jonathan Taylor to help out their rookie quarterback, help out the rest of the offense, help out the defense, and maybe get themselves in contention to steal a slightly above average division or at the very least sniff a wild card into December. But for now, all that they seem to be doing is creating a bigger divide between themselves and arguably their best player. Regardless of position and value, what you want to do long-term, is there a cult better than Jonathan Taylor? There's not many better players than Jonathan Taylor when he's at full go, which he wasn't last year, and that's certainly part of the issue right now. But he needs to be there, he needs to be healthy, and the Colts have to fix this if they actually care about winning any significant amount of games here in this coming NFL season. Uh, I believe stunned to a news coming up this hour as well. Plus a champ and a chump. We've got that too, but let's get headlines first. If he's ready, here's here's Pat Boyle. He is ready. And uh, starting with baseball, I gave you the West Coast scores last hour. Elsewhere in Philly yesterday, doubleheader action between the Phils and Nationals in game one. Kyle Schwarber went deep twice to lead Philly in an 8-4 win. In game two at night, Joey Manessas said, anything you can do, I can do better. Now the pitch, swung on, belted a deep left. Oh for no more. It is gone. Goodbye. Joey Manessis with his second home run of the night. And as many at bats, a two-run homer to tie in the seventh. Bang, zoom, he goes here in the ninth. Bang, zoom, ping, pang. Nationals Radio Manessis, two-run homer in the seventh to tie it. Launched another in the ninth to put D.C. on top. They beat the Phils 5-4 to split the double dip. Elsewhere, we mentioned Kyle Tucker's go-ahead grand slam in the ninth inning yesterday. That propelled the Astros over the Orioles 7-6. Orlando Arcia with a two-run double with two outs at the top of the ninth. That capped a three-run comeback for the Braves. They get the better of the Pirates, 8-6 the final. Mike Tockman with a home run in the eighth inning spoiled a surprisingly solid start for Carlos Carrasco. And the Cubbies get back to their winning ways. They beat the Mets 3-2. Chicago winners of 16 of their last 21. In Cleveland, Tanner Bybee, seven strong innings, and the Guardians shut out the Blue Jays 1-0. Finally, it took 10 innings, but the Rockies get three bases-loaded walks in that 10th inning, Mm. and they take down the NL Central-leading Brewers 7-3. College football news. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey was on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, and he said he was just so... So sad and so beaten up over the Pac-12 crumbling. <laughs> uh, he literally said, I feel a little tinge of sadness. I, I could hear him breaking out the mini violin as he said it. I uh, forgot to mention this before. He actually called the current, I'm trying to think who he said, the former Pac-12 commissioner and the two school ADs at Stanford and Cal to apologize while saying, I don't know how to fix this, but my bad. Would you, would you want that call from a guy who indirectly had his hands on your throat? <laughs> Probably not. Right? I mean, that's like, again, the SEC didn't directly do this to the Pac-12, but the My SEC, bad. being the SEC, drove everybody else to try to catch up to the SEC, yep. and now the Pac-12 is dead. So 
Like, do you want the felon calling you and 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 telling you that he feels bad that you lost your money in his Ponzi scheme? My bad, my friend. I'm sorry. That's the, yeah. He's not the guy that robbed your house and took all your belongings, but it's basically the guy that that told other people, "Hey, this guy keeps his house unlocked on, on right. the weekends." He was the motivation for the thieves. He wasn't the actual thief, and he feels bad that you lost stuff. Yeah, here is his reaction to finding out the news of all the conference realignment over the weekend. I've opined publicly that I think the the speculation and some of the pronouncements we've seen since that time about growth or directional growth uh, is problematic, and and even for me. Uh, with the security of the Southeastern Conference, whether it was Friday afternoon or through the day Saturday, fielding phone calls, which really were more uh, conversations. What do you think's happening? There's nobody calling me, um, it, it, you know, seeking or demanding entry, a lot of commentary publicly. You know, it just wasn't one of those great feelings to work in college sports in, in my experience. Yeah, I should have made that cut a lot shorter because a lot of that was nothingness. Uh, anyway, speaking of which, Stanford first-year head coach Troy Taylor said the school intends to remain at a Power 5 level. Now, ACC presidents met yesterday morning to discuss the possibility of adding Stanford and Cal, but the matter was not voted on yet, according to Pete Thamel. I remember Troy Taylor also was fielding questions about the logistics, you know, basically traveling to the East Coast and back every single week. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, our guys love traveling. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're going to love taking a a six-hour flight basically every other weekend uh, throughout the entire season. Good luck with that. Because the the back end is actually the problem. Coaches that have lived travel like this, it is especially for football, that's so routine-based. When you play a game, let's say even later on a Saturday and you're far from home, you're not getting back onto campus until well after midnight. Then you got to go home, and a lot of teams usually start their prep for the next week right away on Sunday, then they take Monday off. But you also have to take Sunday off to recover, get back to work on Monday, and you're behind the eight ball. It's a thing you don't realize until you live it, and then they complain about it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I forgot to mention this before while I was giving the baseball scores, especially for Atlanta. Uh, Speaking of which, and the NL MVP favorite right now, Ronald Acuna Jr. was hit on the elbow by a pitch from Pirates reliever, uh, reliever Colin Holderman in that win last night. 97-mile-an-hour sinker right on the elbow. Uh, X-rays negative. He is considered day-to-day, but he did exit the game. So I think Braves fans, a big sigh of relief to hear that news. Elsewhere, maybe not so optimistic for the L.A. Dodgers. J.D. Martinez was scratched from their game last night against the Diamondbacks with hamstring and groin tightness. It's something that has been bothering him for multiple weeks. He left the game uh, about a week and a half ago against the Reds with the same thing. Uh, so Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager, said he was hopeful that Martinez can avoid a stint. But, I mean, if he's going back to L.A. for an MRI, I doubt it. Um, and finally, Trevor Story. He made his debut uh, on the season last night for the Red Sox. He went hitless as Boston lost again to the Kansas City Royals, 9-3. Yeah. Um, some obvious rust for Trevor Story. Do we think the Red Sox have a chance to make the playoffs this year? Um. You know what? No, because we haven't mentioned this enough on the really at all on the show. They but were five games back for their final spot. In the th- wild so card. there's that math, but they also they didn't do anything at the trade deadline to help their rotation, and they've basically been doing at least one, if not two, bullpen games a week because of the amount of injuries they have there. Now apparently Chris Sale's coming back soonish, or already for how long? A game until he well, falls off a bike or something? E- exactly. So shame on the Red Sox front office. I assume they tried. 
but clearly not tried hard enough to get one more starter, anybody in there, just to eat innings and give themselves a chance to win some games and sneak Hein-Bloom's in. Bloom's had a rough time there. Yeah. Yes. And remember, he was lauded as like the, the great one of the great GMs of the last 10 years for what he did with Tampa Bay. How's that working out for you, lucky, pal? They're lucky they signed Devers because if they if Devers didn't come back, that would have been a, a total disaster. Right. And he, he may he may even be here. Now, on one hand, they're better than this than they're supposed to be. But now that they've been this good-ish for the entire year, you've got to kind of change your direction and do something to help the current guys. And mm-hmm. they and they didn't. It, it, it's 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 disappointing if I'm a Red Sox fan of how how the expectations were when he came in. Yeah. Although Casas, Duran, those guys are studs. Carter Crawford's pretty good, having yeah. a pretty good season. But, but Cora's there, and and Cora helps that development. So they're not going to totally miss out on things. But they could use a little more of a boost there in the front office. Finally, fight news. UFC 293's main bout is set. The middleweight champion, Israel Izzy Adesanya, will take on Sean Strickland on September 9th in Sydney, Australia. Adesanya, Nigerian-born, but from New Zealand. So uh, there you go with that. And now, let's get started. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. All right, it's 7.42 in the morning on the East Coast. That's 4.42 a.m. West Coast, in case you didn't know that. So how about I make you all hungry? On Sunday, Leo Messi played his first ever game in Frisco as Inter Milan were visiting FC Dallas. Messi's been tearing it up since he joined, but who cares? The, he was upstaged by FC Dallas's new generational menu item, the XL Ice Cream Sandwich. Okay. Toyota Stadium began selling the sandwich. It costs $15. Okay. But it's worth the money. You're getting a bargain for your buck, bang for your buck here. It features 18 ounces of vanilla ice cream. Listening. And it takes 12 combined chocolate chip cookies to make the sandwich, the cookie bread, if you will. It is massive. Massive. I've seen a picture. It's probably Frisbee sized. Yeah, uh, it's definitely bigger than a normal hamburger. Yes. Like if you hold it in your hands, it's huge. What do they call it? Disc golf? I called it frolf when I was in college. Frolf? The the frisbee golf? Yeah, so they're like a little bit smaller than normal frisbees? Yes. It's probably still even a little bit smaller than that, but I mean, like, you know, the pictures that I'm I'm looking at of people holding it in their hands. Yeah. It's huge. Now, a lot of these types of ballpark foods that are are basically challenges. Like, here's an obscene amount of whatever on top of a foot-long or two-foot-long hot dog. It's made for two people to eat. Some of those are too much. I don't need it. This one, I would pay $15 for in a second. Ice cream sandwiches, delicious. Underrated dessert. Whether you want to go like traditional like this, just chocolate chip cookie and some ice cream in between. You want to go fancy, start rolling the outside in some kind of topping, change the cookie, change the ice cream. I'm there for all of it. My only concern with this is, can you eat it before it melts and becomes just a big thing of slop in your hands? Uh, yeah, that would be a question. That would be a challenge, especially in Frisco. I don't think it's uh, very right. cold there most of the year. So, especially in August when they did this on Sunday, you got to eat that puppy fast, and you're going to feel really crappy about yourself after. Uh, not the only food promo we have to highlight here. Really quickly, last week I noticed the Miami Marlins were jumping. 
They used a player to highlight a new promo. They acquired Jake Berger from the White Sox at the trade deadline. So to boost ticket sales in Miami in August, because let's be honest, they need it. How about, you guessed it, Burger Burgers. $5 burgers at Lone Depot Park in Miami. They weren't, you know, massive or anything like the XL ice cream sandwich. But it's the price that drew fans in and money. A bucket of chicken tenders and fries will cost you $20 at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So imagine a burger for 5 bucks, and it worked. In the win last week against the Phils, the Marlins had an estimated 800% jump in burger sales. Really? The, yeah, the team said it sold 2,100 burgers during the game. And that's on a Wednesday. That's a game that had a listed attendance of just over 12,000. So imagine how many people were actually there. Uh, for comparison, the Marlins said they sold about 530 burgers Saturday with a crowd of 32,000. Jake Berger bringing the burgers. Is it, does it still exist or is it done? Was it just that one day? I think it was just that one day. All right. Well, at least it worked for them for one day. And it's a, one day at a time. That's the, the promotion life of a Major League Baseball club. Well, it's a Wednesday, which means you get a champ, you get a chump. We'll do that next. DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. One letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One is a pathetic loser. This is DA's Champ or Chump. This week's champ is Tampa Bay Buccaneers All-Pro offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs. This offseason, he is moving from right tackle to left tackle. He's on the blind side now, ups the ante what he needs to do protecting whoever plays quarterback for the Bucs this fall and winter. And Werbs admitted late last week that he actually is now seeing the team psychologist, basically, 
to talk through the issues. He was having anxiety about the about the position switch, talked about, used that resource, and then talked openly about the importance of it. And as we continue to figure out the best ways to deal with mental health and make it more and more okay for folks to talk about their mental health struggles and the work they do on that stuff, Tristan's a champ for sharing. Give us another example to admit that it's okay, to admit that you need help, and then to go get that help so you can be the best person that you can be. So Tristan Wirfs is our champ this week. That's DA's champ. Our chump, I looked all over for somebody other than them, but they make too much sense. We spent a lot of time on this yesterday. A quick mention of them today. The Orioles' ownership front office for suspending Kevin Brown, their announcer for doing nothing wrong. They're our chump. And huge thanks to the Orioles fans last night during their game with the Astros who beat me to the punch. They let the Orioles know how chumpy they actually are. That's DA's chump. Class is now dismissed. The crowd in Camden Yards last night, in between pitches at one point, clear as day, loud, full voice, chanted, free Kevin Brown, free Kevin Brown. Here's how it sounded. Free Kevin Brown! 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 I mean, that's a lot of people in your ballpark yelling at you. And again, the biggest frustration other than you know, harming the reputation of Kevin Brown is that up until 48 hours ago, it was only positive in Baltimore. The Orioles were finally good again. All these young players performing. They made a move at the deadline. They lead the AL East. Maybe they can win the American League. They're that good. That was the story. All we talked about were the good things going on in Baltimore. And then the ownership itself, from the very tippy-top of the organization, ruined it, at least for a little bit, by being way too sensitive, way too short-sighted, and way too punitive. It's a joke, and I'm glad that nobody's on their side. And Kevin, by the way, is scheduled to come back from this suspension to work their weekend series starting on Friday night. Hour number three begins in Athens, Georgia. Legal troubles continue for the Bulldogs. That's next on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.